afternoon, everybody. It's Easter Sunday. I hope you're enjoying your collection of Easter eggs and uh, <laughs> eating chocolate. But there's three people sitting around the table here that are uh, putting the eggs on hold for the hour uh, before they go back to sampling and uh, having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and a bit of chocolate. John S. Kelly, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I, I, I had my uh, Easter egg quarter last week, Luke, <laughs> in anticipation. Okay, John. All right. So, so no fasting for you for forty days. This one. Pat O'Brien. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, hello. How are you? How are you? Uh, Easter eggs. Uh, 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 I didn't have any yet. Anyway. <laughs> okay. And uh, David Fleming. Good I afternoon. I was just going to say, Pat. Pat is looking a bit plump. Is he telling us the truth or not? <laughs> I, I, I plan to put on a few pounds myself okay. shortly. <laughs> right here. Listen, we are here to talk about. Uh, events going on in the media online and of course in the papers and we have the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion in front of us and generally what we do in part one we talk about uh, county events and then we come back to our own part of East Clare for part two. Now we're going to start on a bit of a light note and then it's going to get a bit more serious and we'll try and bring it back to light uh, heartedness for the end. And this is one where I'm going to defer to Pat O'Brien. There's an article on page one of The Champion by uh, Fiona McGarry, planning underway for the 400 Spansel Hill Fair, and it's also in page four on The Echo. So uh, a signal went out to the group uh, preparing for the show this afternoon where John wanted to know a bit of history about Spansel Hill and where it started from. So Pat, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, well, uh, just look the headings there on, on the papers first. Spencer Hill Fair saved for 2022. It was, a, it was an insurance issue, and I think Clare County Council had it sorted out. So we're delighted to just go ahead because it's insurance. Uh, and uh, the, the frontier planning on the way for the 400 Spencer Hill Fair, and Fiona had it in the champion. A, bi a now, big anniversary, I suppose. Yeah. So I just, I just thought a bit, uh, a bit on a uh, loop. Um, Spencer Hill, 400 years. Uh, the fair was, has a right chapter from Charles the second, I can't believe, of the first, uh, David says the first, isn't first. And, uh, of England in 1621, and um, the lessons were awarded their, their chapter. Oh. And historically, fairs were held on January 1st, May 12th, June 24th, August 20th, and December the 12th. But the big and one, Pat? The big one is the uh, 23rd and 24th of June. Yeah. And there was a cattle fair the first day, and then the horse fair was the second day. And I see, I see some one of those where they had a week kind of a fair. It went on for a week, I suppose. There was various sort of things. And you're saying it started because David has a different date for we're, the start. We were doing a bit of research here before, well, like Pat, Pat's research. Um, Pat, you, you found this on Wikipedia. I did, yeah, I did, yeah. And of course, we have to be careful with Wikipedia. But, um, uh, uh, but we have to be careful with the newspapers as well because Parag MacMahon also says King Charles in 1621. But of course, there was no King Charles in 1621. Well, uh, w w w David, the floor is yours. Thanks very much. <laughs> I have waited 20 years for this opportunity to put my PhD into use at long last. Uh, uh, it was actually King Charles's father who was James. I got even a bit confused myself and John worked it out together, to be fair. Uh, James, uh, James the sixth of Scotland, Scott, and James first, the first all the same person, yeah. but he was a Scot, yeah. and uh, he was sitting on the throne in 1621, mm -hmm. when in June 1621 he 
he wouldn't have signed it, but one of his officials would have put a seal on the patent. And the patent, or the charter, as, as Pat is calling it, uh, would have been given to the landowner. And we found out the name of the landowner just before coming on air. There's a chap called Valentine Blake. Blake, of course, very clear name. Do you, get, do you, do you know that name from the... Spencer Hill area. Blake, no. Not only Blake, I know it's the one in Scarlet. In Scarlet. Of course, there's Blake's Corner. Blake's Corner. (laughs) (laughs) But in any event, he got this this patent in June. And further research then, a question was raised in the House of Commons in 1896. 18? In the 19th century, 1896. Somebody asked, um, the patent appears that the dates of the fair should actually be much later in the year, in September. And the question was put, is the same, is it the fair being held in June, the famous fair that we're talking yeah. about? And according to the official answer anyway, the judge, the Lord Chancellor, had agreed that although the patent says that the fair should be held in September, it can actually be held in June, there's no problem. And of course, famously, we know in the 1920s, uh, Ennis Municipal Council tried to take over the fair from whoever owned it at that point. Yeah. Uh, and lost. The case was brought to the High Court. And this, I think, is mentioned in the papers. There is an attempt, there's a play. Um, I'll have to yeah, find it. Yeah, Tiamashi, go ahead, Pancha. A man called Tiamashi wrote a play about the fair. Is that Tiamashi? Yes, yes, yeah. He was in touch with us lately, and we're thinking of reviving that as a pageant. It was about the High Court case in the 1920s when the Urban Council tried to take over the running of the house fair. It's ironic that in, 19, in, that in 2022 it's the Council who have come to aid and help out the fair to continue. That's how the pendulum swings. It's nice, yeah, the pendulum yeah. yeah. swings 100 but, years later. But yes, tell yeah. me, Pat, you, you, you're the only one of us, and the four of us around the table this evening, who, ha- uh, who have roots in uh, the area we're talking about, Spansel Hill. Okay. Do you, as a child, Remember, you know, going a big, a big kind of occasion, going to the fair at Spencer. Yeah, we used to go to Spencer. We used to go to Spencer Day, but we didn't just go for the day for the for the fun of it. But we would be in the evening and houses and anything like that. We we'd have a house at home. You were young in your seven part. We had a house for we had a house for from doing work in the fair and whatever and that. We wouldn't be. And would, they, would these kind of horses be on sale uh, then? Or were and they they would, at that time, they would run, yeah. Hunters. They would, yeah. and they would have, you'd have, I suppose, you'd have other horses as well for hunting and all that. Yeah. Gen- generally, we're talking the 23rd of June. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah. And I, I just note, we'll say, from Fiona's article here on page one of the champion, and you, you know sometimes when we sort of give our councillors a bit of a slap on the yeah. back, you know, and it appears now that they may be worthy of the same here again. Uh, local authority meeting on Monday, uh, Mr Dowling, who would be the CEO of the council, confirmed to a round of applause from the chamber that insurance cover had been secured. Yes. This followed a cross-party motion clear, sorry, tabled by councillors Claire Colleran Malloy, PJ Kelly, Pat Hayes, Pat Burke and Joe Cooney, three of those of whom, of course, are ours. Yeah. Uh, and Councillor Malloy also asked that the situation be looked at after re- receiving representation from members of the fair's organising committee. Mm. The fair's PRO, Paddy Hassett, said the breakthrough was the best news and a huge relief to the committee and the thousands for whom the fair is an important social and business outing. So, yeah. I, 
we leave it at that, I think. Uh, yeah. Is there any more history there, David or Pat, you want to talk about? Well, well I think Pat has an important point there about why it became so successful. Yeah. In, 19, in 1913, 4,000 horses were on for sale in the, in the fair, and the British, Belgian and French armies purchased uh, the horses. Yeah. The British bought uh, 1,175 horses and transported them from Innes railway station for export. What? Which station? Innes. Innes. And they were holding out some maintainers. They tied the, the head onto the tail of the one in front of them. They all led them on. Is that barbaric custom? <laughs> well, they'll be back in Chalky Innes. But listen, the important point I think is that the quality of Clare's horses, or, the, or certainly the horses coming to Spanish, yeah. they're probably coming from very long distances and not just from Clare, but um, it's the quality that was there, and that's probably why it made a name for itself. So yeah. the wars were a source of great income no, in East Clare. Certainly were, and of course, the thousands of horses that would have been um, involved in the First World War. Unfortunately, the majority of them getting slaughtered. Exactly, yeah. 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 In, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in years gone by, the June fair, I, I just got from the fair, which was, uh, uh, it went on for a full week. So you had, you had cattle, sheep, and horses, and you had other events as well. Was that in your time? In the no, no, I don't remember when that way. No, no. Pat, do you think there was other things going on? Well, the Were people was, yeah. meeting and having a yeah. nice time? Probably, probably, probably. Luke, what's he talking about? <laughs> well, I, I can only remember being a young lad and uh, Duggan's pub being quite busy on the day or two yeah, yeah, surrounding yeah. the fair. There was a lot of cars uh, pu pu pulled in around it. We'll move on. And the Spencer in as well, yeah. by the fair. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, Because yeah. I, I always wonder where the fair was actually held. I, I thought for years that the fair was actually held at the back of the pub because that's where all the cars yeah, were. Yeah, but no, the, the, the fair green is across from the, exactly. from the pub, the yeah. Spencer Healy. Yeah. And, uh, just, just is that the building now, Pat, that's ruined? No, you're, you're talking in... When you're going to Innes, you're talking, you're talking right. Yeah. Well, when people are travelling in now from Scarif into Ennis and you come to Spansel Hill and the crossroads... You're talking right. Yeah. But what is that building there that I, is a ruin? I like, it's a substantial it's building. Okay, I, know the stone, I, know, I, I know what drew your attention to that. Uh, and it's crossed my mind many times. Uh, yeah. He's a, you know, an expert on um, 18th and 19th century, and even earlier, if you can lay his hands on it, stone. He's a, that's his hot one of his main hobbies. <laughs> Did you know yeah. that, Pat? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. So the amount of lovely stone, lovely stone in that... Yeah. So know, it's a substantial building. Mm. It is. I, I suppose now we, we could allude to a bit of local knowledge here now, David, and, and this is no slight on yourself, but you weren't here to experience it. And where the Cross of Spansel Hill is now is not what the Cross of Spansel Hill was like for many a year. And, and there was a famous sign uh, when social media started-ish, whenever they were doing the works on the road, it was, you know, slow roadworks. Yeah. And there were signs saying, yes, these road, this road has taken two and a half years to build. <laughs> and it, it was there. The, the Cross of Spansel Hill would have been, I think, best described as a very bendy part of the road going from Tulla into Ennis. Very narrow. And if you were turning right, uh, you were sort of taking your uh, yeah. life into your hands. The old, the old road is still there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Left, you know, the, and the farmer benefited from it. They, they, mm. they straightened yeah. it up. Right. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Anyway, from Sp I'm sure we'll be talking about it again at June. Yeah, in, no. in, in June. Exactly. exactly. No. We're 12 minutes into the show, and it's the first mention of Shannon. 
Okay, now I'm going to start with page 20 in the echo, and then I'm going to hand it over to you and, uh, in relation to uh, the front page of the champion. Uh, Porrick writes in relation to 50,000 passengers expected through Shannon Airport over Easter period. Over 50,000 passengers are expected through Shannon Airport over the Easter season. In what would be an 86% return on passenger numbers compared with 2019. So still nowhere near 2019, which is pre-pandemic. What were the figures at that? Uh, well, no, I, I'm not good at sums, John, but 86%. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I'd say maybe 55, 60,000, yeah. I, I, I would imagine, so, somewhere around there. Um, so Mary Considine, CEO of Shannon Group, noted Easter break traditionally kickstarts the summer season to our popular de destinations. Now, Easter is a bit late this year, so hopefully it will be a good kick. Yeah. And I suppose uh, in, in turn with that, uh, there's one bit I'm just going to point out. Passengers will experience Shannon's new multi-million euro passenger screening system, which eliminates the 100 millimeter, milliliter rule thus having the 12 times through airport security. Now, you cannot but have helped see uh, all the hub-dub about Dublin Airport and sort of queuing up, being told to arrive four hours early for your flight and all the rest of it. I have been through Shannon in recent weeks and a pleasure, as always, but even more so of a pleasure nowadays because you don't need to take, you know, your, the fluids yeah, this is what they're calling the 100 milliliter rule. Exactly. Yeah. So it means you know you don't need to take out the toothpaste, your deodorant, or yeah. perfume, or whatever else it is like that, and have them clear. And have them confiscated if it's over 100 milliliters. Well, 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 that might happen. I suppose they could still be confiscated, but you'd, you'd be checking your bag afterwards. But you, they can be in your bag. But. Uh, the queues in Dublin compared to what's in Shannon, and of course this goes back to, we, well, we all hope that there are more flights coming out of Shannon in the future. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to yourselves. And <clears throat> Well, Luke, just before Pat and John gets involved on, the, on what's actually in the papers, but I, yes. was listening to the paper, I was listening to the RT radio the other day, and somebody took a photograph in New York, JFK, of the sign for Shannon Airport sort of visit Shannon or come to come to Ireland via. And what was the name of the airport? Oh, Limerick. The yeah. Limerick Shannon Airport. Yeah, it is. Now, what would you think about that, gentlemen? If it was renamed, it has obviously been renamed in America, if it was renamed the Limerick Shannon Airport. Well, the editorial on the champion. We don't have enough time, David. <laughs> the editorial on the champion suggests a, a re possibly about rebranding, doesn't it? I, I think if one was to yeah, try and refer to it, possibly as the gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way, yes, yeah, I don't yeah. think there'd be an issue with that. But uh, it's a little bit like David, they've tried to take Parteen from us for years and they're not getting it. And well, come here, come here, come here to me. Listen, this is all very territorial. If surely we would accept anything that improves the business yeah, for it's in the same way as that the French airports have, have um, you know, Ryanair are very good at this, is suggesting that airports are renamed so that uh, it, it's, it's not out in the middle of the country and you think you're going to Paris type of thing. Um, like if, because Limerick has, has a 
is known about. Shannon may not necessarily. What, what's Limerick known about from a tourist point of view? I mean, it's on the map. You can look at it up. Yeah. <laughs> what's it known about from a tourist point of view? No, it doesn't. I mean, Nothing. The one that I have on the last couple of years. The heading on the champion, lads, you have to bear in mind that we're not writing the script for Connell. Yeah. Connell. Henry is not right. Yeah. He has already written a script for us because in on page eleven, as you indicated, um, he has uh, spoken quite openly about why he is a, a suitably qualified individual, anticipating, you know, the kind of naysayers out there who will have some negative observations to make before they give the man a chance to. Yeah. He, of course, he is, is the new chair of the. He's the new Shannon. chair. Yeah. yeah. He is, among other things, he is a next Ryanair executive. Yeah. He spells in the article uh, by Owen Ryan, he spells out loud and clear why he has the, the skill set and the vision to make this work. So did the last fellow, John, didn't he? Pori yes, we well, we don't know what happened in Boris's case. But he also spelled out that he had the requisite not, skills. Not quite, I think. We spelled it out for him. <laughs> you know, that's true. No, this man is, is being up front, isn't he? Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad to see that um, someone in the media has been able to get an answer in Shannon because, as you said, John, Owen Ryan has a, an exclusive interview with him. Uh, yeah. The heading on page one of the champion is Shannon all set for takeoff. New group chair outlines credentials for role in exclusive interview with the champion. Now, the full interview is on page 11. So, yeah. I, lads, I'm going to leave it to you. I give you about five or six minutes and give, tell me your thoughts. Can I make but, a point about uh, the request for realism on the part of Con Connell Henry? Absolutely, John. He's Go ahead. speaking strictly uh, on the need uh, to be pragmatic. Now, people referring to periods in the history of Shannon when it was X, do you know? number of passengers all that. I mean that's aviation is changing he says that we're seeing it we understand that it's it's creativity that's required he says the state's aviation policy must be revised but well, this is of course in mind. the issue of course here is it's it's what is he actually going to do we wondered whether, in fact, there will be an executive element introduced for the chairman. Well, that's what the last guy wanted, and he didn't get it, and so this probably the answer is no. Like, it's all well and good in saying, oh, yeah. Dublin is this, and Dublin is that, and we are going to be competitive with Dublin. But what is his agenda? Now, it might be too early to say, you know, he's only been in there a wet week. But what has he, in this interview, John and Pat, said anything? Is What is his... What is he going to actually do? I heard him on, 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 um, on Claire FM um, on Monday, it was Monday or Tuesday morning this week, and um, um, uh, the, the fellow that was on, if I can't think of his name, I think, was interviewing him, and he pressed him on, on about the chairman's role and all that, and uh, he said uh, he'd been meeting Polly Okeda, and um, he'd meet everybody involved, and he he, he said that uh, he'd be hoping to get, get it back to pre-pandemic times and 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 build up the build, build up more build up more uh, more business. He also said that um, he said we have to be realistic. He said we have uh, we have uh, Dublin. We're a small country. We have Dublin Park and uh, you have Ireland West Airport 
and you have one down in Kerry, and he said, you know, they're all, they're all competitors, so like you... you That's you, what I've been yeah. saying for years. You just don't have, have, have enough... Uh, he's, that, that's, that's what he said. That, like, that, 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 we have too many no, airports. He, he came in. He, well, he didn't say that either. That we didn't have, he said we have, we have, no, have complaints. He just mentions that there are regional yeah, Isn't regional that the problem? Yeah. Tell me, but we he, have, he, would you like to leave your car uh, in car park in Shannon? Would that be an attractive thing for you? Yeah, well, to be able to leave it free. If you leave your car in, in Shannon, it's 45 euros, John. Not? If you leave your car in Shannon for a week. No, no, no wait a minute now. And not, not a minute now. Let me finish first. If you, if you leave your car in Shannon, it's 45 euros for a week, seven days. If you leave your, your car in Dublin Airport, it's 90 euros for a week. Well, now it's even better in Shannon because it's free in Shannon at the moment. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, there is a... You know, and it, it, the idea will be there'll be a percentage reduction on, on but it's free at the moment. There's 20% of a reduction from the end of the year. Yeah. I, I see there on, on, Yeah, that's okay the, for the domestic market, John. But the, well, what, the, it's actually people coming into the country is going to, they want public transport. How are yeah. they going to get from Shannon to Limerick? Now, Dublin is, is well connected. Dublin Airport is very well. I could, I could refer to public transport or private transport, David, and we said for near enough to my place of employment in Limerick, the, the, the blue and grey bus, which yeah. is basically Air Eagle, yeah. uh, pulls up. And I was quite stunned this week as I was walking up to see the number of people queuing. For Shannon Airport? No. For Dublin for Airport? For a flight to Dublin. Yeah. And, but this is my point. But if... The likes of Bus Air aren't going to get do it because they'll say it's Private not profitable. That as, this man worked with Ryanair. Yeah. Ryanair over many years worked with different airlines, different people, different airports abroad. I'm sure we all were abroad, sort of being flown to an airport that Ryanair said is near X. Yeah. <laughs> but there's one thing that was guaranteed. You got off the plane and there and was the a bus, bus was waiting. waiting. Exactly. Okay? That needs to be done. There's it does one, need to be done. There's one interesting thing I see here uh, in that interview. It says, back in the glory days of the Celtic Tiger, Shannon recorded a stunning 3.6 million passengers per annum. Hmm. But a long decline set in as the economy turned. In 2019, just before the pandemic, there were 1.7 million passengers. Yeah. Okay? So, like, if we're to be realistic... What are we looking at, passenger number-wise, uh, over the next few years? Like, are we talking somewhere between one and one and a half million, with 25 million people going in and out of Dublin? Again, we could go back to, where is the, you know, what's going in and out of Cork? Probably two or three. Where's the, you know, there needs to be a, a bit of joint up thinking from on high, which won't happen because they just all want it all in Dublin. But, but the airlines, Luke, I think you, the government can't actually tell the airlines, as far as I can know, as far as I know, listen, you can't, listen we're, we're restricting flights here. You can't fly into Dublin. You have to fly into Shannon. Yeah. The airlines themselves have to be induced. To I, come but into you, you see here with Colonel Henry, and I know you've alluded to before about sort of having a link, we'll say, with a, a, a European hub. And, and he says here in the middle of the article, it, uh, quote, it's about making sure we have quality relationships with the airlines, yeah. with Aer Lingus and Ryanair in particular, but also with Emerald Air, the likes of the big European carriers, Lufthansa, KLM, these guys. Yeah. The big US airlines, United American Delta, 
we need to make sure those guys understand the Shannon product. What Shannon can bring for their passengers, how Shannon is a proposition for those airlines that works. Now, I will guarantee ye, and I'm sure you've first-hand knowledge of it, that there are plenty of people that come in from America that don't know that Shannon exists. No. Yeah. And that they're yeah. either spending their holiday on the Wild Atlantic Way or most of their time, yeah. we say, west of the Shannon, yeah. shall we say. Well, if it is branded Limerick Shannon, gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way, it might go, that might go to that American audience. Yeah. Because they, they might have picked up that Limerick is on the Shannon. They, they won't pick up Shannon, you see. That's probably the issue. But historically, because it's not it's, promoted it's always it's always it's Shannon. Yeah. Right now, that was the old name for it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, this man, Conor Hinnelly, he, 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 was, he, came into, he came into the chairman, he came into Rainier and they had six million. And when he left them, they had 22 million. Mm. Are you saying so Michael O'Leary had nothing to do with it? Well, it's all down to Conor Henry, is it? Yeah. He, 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 he had himself in the motor worked, worked uh, on, on it. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm putting your leg. <laughs> so because there's always coming, a team What's coming it. out, listening to you, what's coming out is that there has to be a focus on uh, West over in, in the United States of America and Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think he, is that what you're, are you saying? That? Well, well, that's as Luke was reading out there. It's America is one component, and then those other European carriers. That's critical for the domestic audience, the domestic population. So, would that be decided? Would that be decided on little deals? Well, you would, you would think here, won't it? the fees I mean, being charged. Uh, the fees being charged. Yeah, the profit. And if you can under... Like, what, what makes, as he calls it, the Shannon product, what, does, what, what makes Shannon attractive to these airlines? Now, at the moment, Shannon isn't that attractive. Because if you're bringing a load of Germans in or a load of French in, you have to get them out, out from the airport. Yeah. So you're looking and at. Therefore, you, have, you either have lots of private cars, there's one or two private cars. There is a share of public, there is a share of private uh, bus there is. carriers coming out there of There is. Do you know how much? If you want to hire a car this week, okay, you come in from New York and you want to hire a car this week for two days. Yeah, how much? Give me a guess because I, ju I, I just was talking to somebody about it before I came in. What kind of... I'd say you'd be paying 150, 200 euro. You'd be quite happy. 1,700. What? 1,700. In Shannon? Yeah. Mm. There's such see, a shortage So the Shannon product... A lot, a lot of the cars that used to be in the uh, hiring uh, category were sold by the companies because the money available for second-hand cars is astronomical at the moment due to the scarcity. We're, we're aware of that, mm. do you see? So, if you're depending, that's not going to leave a good image. No, no. You know, for so, the visitor. So, if Colonel Henry does anything, he needs to improve the Shannon product and establish the Shannon absolutely, product. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know that's also, warm. That includes so the private cars, the buses, the catering facilities, the yeah. shops, mm -hmm. the rail spur. That's and the connection, about. the connection that you were, that you, yeah. you the keep hopes. coming back. Do you think the Dubs will let us have a rail connection to Shannon before Dublin? Well, you're, you're at the rail. I think I, I, I said I'll have a time loop. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> go, go on, Pat, go on. Go. I, I said before, I was up with the golf, uh, the, the Irish Open up in the Hinge. Yes. It's a fabulous, uh, fabulous tournament and very well run now and you couldn't complain one thing about it, but there was, there was lots and lots of, of big posters of Big of, uh, above our own, of advertising. Yeah. But there wasn't one poster for Shannon. 
airports in it. Number two, there was a program that, that, that had, when you, when you had the golf on, and this was going over all over the world, the, the television golf program was over all over the world, you had a, you had a, a program on, and they, they honed in on the, on the tourist Highlights. attractions yeah. of County Clare. They went all over the Bourbon, they came down along the Hinch, down into Kilkee, came back here along into, into Shannon, or into, the, into Dr. There was no There was no word about Shannon Airport, of any description on it. I can't understand why. And the Ryder Cup coming up. And the Ryder Cup imagine, imagine the potential that lies I, I sure listen, Tiger Woods is coming to a there in yes. July. That's so, right. You know, so yeah. you might have a few people might fly in to get a... Well, just going back to that head and the, on that program on the television and, and just going over all over the world, how come there wasn't a, a full, fully giant up thinking from, from the council and all the people in... in, 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 in well, was, was put together. Yeah. Well, fortunately, it, 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 it,
CCTV cameras for a wide variety of things. Not just, not just the illegal dumping and littering. And I fully endorse it. Now, David. Jim, if you're an, uh, John, if you're an optimist, you wouldn't, you, you'd believe that maybe human nature would prevent um, littering per se or, or out of hand. Um, now, let me tell you about this. The councillors love jumping onto this hobby horse of, if we have CCTV, we'll prevent all this illegal dumping. Probably what will happen is... Two things. Number one, the illegal dumpers will move to a different place where there are no CCTVs. Then the council will put in CCTV and they'll move again. It's an old trick. Um, and we see it's there. there's another article about the monument, Daniel O'Connell monument in Ennis, where they actually make the same argument. If you put up railings around that monument, the antisocial behaviourists or people will move to somewhere else. The second thing is, I wonder, will, how, let's just see where your optimism is in about five years, and we'll wonder how many prosecutions have there been as a result of CCTV evidence, or any action. Well, we're not, well a lot of action on the part of the Gardaí will, will uh, stem from information gathered by cameras. But the council will have to bring a prosecution before the guards. Oh, well, I'm worried about, we'll, we'll come if, if, oh, if Let me give found. you another example. At the moment, the council has lots of powers around dog poo. How many prosecutions do they bring before the courts? I don't, last year I think we read that they brought one, maybe. So they have powers. They often don't exercise them. The other, the other most, this is called, by the way, which we would support, which I would support, the Circular Economy Bill, which I suspect has the Green Party all over it. Measures to promote recycling, such as a levy on the use of coffee cups. Uh, I, coffee I, cups. I, I suspect a tinge in tone. I've got to let that tinge lie there for a minute. Pass your thoughts. <laughs> but, well, uh, and you think that will stop? Um, but will it stop them? Illegal dumping. Well, uh, it will help anyway. So, how? So, how will it help? Well, so possibly, like there will be people caught, and and, and if, if people have have it up there, they might think twice. Of, 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 they might. They will think twice, and they'll dump it somewhere else. No. I, I These remain... people are very hard to. Do. It's a it's a it's an attitudinal thing. Yes, yes. I remain as always a skeptical pessimist. But there's a topic we forgot to mention, and this is uh, page one of the Echo, and it's going to get a very brief mention now because we're way over time. Garvey's turf war, and Pat, you said there's a great article, a great heading in the champion as well in, in relation to this. Well, we're talking about green issues. Probably because of the uh, Garvey's turf war, uh, Claire Sinatra has was, was embroiled in a turf war while appearing on one of the, com the company's most listened to radio shows. No, Scarif Bay media show, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Some other show called The Last War. New solid, solid fuel regulation due to come into effect on September will bend the sale of distribution of, of uh, tough proposed by Minister for, for Climate and Communications, Mr. Raymond Ryan. The cutting of tough by those with tubular rights for use and their own homes will be allowed to continue. Tensions raised by the point between the Senator of Lavery and what's common TD Michael Fitzmaurice. And today, AFM, the last word presented by Matt Cooper, the exchange, the exchanges which debated, which debated the proposal on the sale of Trough in September, the first was an inspiration for a sketch and gift club. The, <laughs> the comedy segment from Indians' breakfast show. I think the comedians are going to get a lot of mileage out there. It's been overtaken now, of course, 
by, by the senior party leaders of the three parties who've waded in on this. Right, but, but uh, David, what's important is we're talking about the sale, S-A-L-E of tariffs. Yeah, it's the commercial not the sale extra, of tariffs. Yeah, not the extraction of yeah. it. Yeah. That, that needs to be made clear to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whether it's going to happen now or not is another matter because do you cut the, turf the parties are divided. Why don't we... Uh, you do cut turf. I do. Well, just a small bit, about three half ounces. I don't... But I've, I've a stack of turf inside my shape. You have? I just you, put on a... a, 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 I put on a I have a, a, a stove and I put on timber on turf in the night. And do you agree with what this lady is saying about it? Well, I, they're saying about that she's affecting people's health. Maybe she's in towns where they're bringing the smoke. To see, the smoke keep cold then is an Innes now. But they're making out they're bringing in the cold from outside and, 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 and using it in Innes. Mm. And that uh, when you have weather like this now, there's no wind, that the, the air and the environment is very bad for all other people, especially. Yeah. And yeah. when you see that it's okay, been okay, September will bend the off. But what do you want to replace it with? Some, some instruction, uh, maybe in Innes or in Scanner for somewhere else that, that's dependent every week to buy a bag of tough and a bag of coal and, and, and a bag of timber and, and just bend. What are they going to heat the house with? Uh, winter next, next November, yeah. January or February? I think with timber now you can burn. You, you said there was a very good uh, heading in the champion. Yeah, and, and page two, Sod's, Sod's Law, Greens defend tough bend as head tissue. A party accused of cherishing low-hanging fruit as fears expressed for struggling families. Yeah. No, I suppose uh, things will have moved on possibly by the time uh, we were listening back to the show. But uh, the tarnish, the Leo Varadkar basically came out on Wednesday night and sort of said, uh, we haven't really decided to do it. So a little yeah. bit... Oh, cover. oh well, now if you were a politician, wouldn't you be... I think a little bit of a fudge. Now, I, I must try and listen back to that article, that uh, interview on The Last Word, because reading Porrick's uh, bits on it there, the, the language got a little bit uh, heavy, heavy-handed. Uh, there was mention of excrement of the bull t- uh, type. <laughs> And then they were talking about votes, you know. Uh, yeah. D- Deputy Fitzmaurice hit back in relation. Listen, lads, we're gone way over time. Pat, we'll get away from turf and we'll get on to music. What are we dealing with? Well, of course, uh, as we've been out on Easter Sunday, uh, the, the, the Marquis season back in the 60s and the 70s that we talk about here now and then in the programme, uh, started, you start with start on Easter Sunday night with the Kitchen Marquis. So, I suppose, one of the, 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 the big, the big uh, records from that time was... Uh, Brendan Bayer and the fucking book. Oh, so the calves are going to be let out. <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 the, let the games begin. Hey, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. If you don't know how to do it, ask my little sis. Shove your baby in, just her all around. Then you start a moving and a shaking all about. Wriggle on your sleigh, wobble like a duck. That's what you do. Book. Much enjoyed by all. Now we are coming over to East Clare and sadly we are starting uh, with uh, devastation at uh, Michael Hines' untimely death is what on page 13 of the Champion and in page 8 of the Clare Echo, uh, Porrick McMahon has devastation ripples across East Clare. Uh, following the sudden death of Michael Hines from Whitegate. John. 
very, very difficult to, to say anything about Michael. It's such a tragedy. Deep. It's clear Michael wasn't just an interesting young man. He was so, so committed to the things that drew it, like his friends, his hurling, built a great reputation as a, an emerging hur hurler in his young days, captain the college, the Scarf Community College team, to an All-Ireland win some years back. He uh, captained, uh, played for a university. In, yeah, in they won the major title, yeah. Yeah, and um, was very successful there. Was also a, a champion handballer, but these are, they pale into, into insignificance in contrast to the kind of personality we're dealing with. He has been a mom and dad whom I would know very, very well. Um, they nourished him emotionally over the last number of years, particularly over the seven years since he was 16. He had issues, he talked about them. The family have talked about the issues. The obituary notice has talked about about this, and I thought it was a marvellously courageous and important thing to do. So he died last week, and I don't believe I've ever been at a funeral quite uh, as emotive as that. So perhaps the brightness, if there's ever brightness in it, his mother said to me, he is at peace at last. Yeah, and I, I just see John uh, in Porrick's article there near the end of it, uh, addressing the congregation, Michael's mother Annette say she, said she would be forever grateful to the community for how they have rallied behind them. She expressed an undying gratitude to everyone who helped Mikey, and she read a version of the poem, God saw you were getting tired, and noted how peaceful her son looked and guards of honour were provided by Whitegate GEA Club and the University of Limerick as Michael's coffin made its way to Clanrush Cemetery. And just at the end of it there, it refers to the Samaritans. When life is difficult, Samaritans are here day or night, 365 days a year. You can call them for free on 116-123. And may he rest in peace. Amen. May he rest in peace. Yeah, we'd all, we'd all like to, to express our sympathy with the, the Heinz family. Um, Doing his final exams yeah, in yeah. UL so this, this week. We, we, we express our sympathies to, okay. to, to, to the family. All right. And just said here, Luke as well, Harvey says it down here as well, members of the family have said the donations to Peter House, Jackson, and Telisha are very welcome. So if anyone wants to donate to that, I'll tell you in the coming weeks. Okay, we're, we're going to move on we're, we're going to go from uh, Whitegate to just down the road to Mount Shannon. And in the Champion David on page 8, there's good news in relation to the Ashter. There is, and uh, we, we commented a few weeks back that uh, the local community there were looking for planning permission to uh, erect a pavilion over the paved area of, of the Ashter Park. And the news is that the pavilion gets the go-ahead. Mount Shannon proposal is approved despite objections. Fiona McGarry has the story. 
Ambitious plans for an outdoor cultural activity space at a lakeside park in Mount Shannon have received the green light from planners. Earlier this year, Mount Shannon Community Council, who are spearheading the project, secured a funding award of €54,860 from the Department of Rural and Community Development to develop the facility at Aishter Park. Um, so they have received the go-ahead, and so we presumably, in the next few months, we'll see it being acted upon. Um, and uh, the objectors had raised various things about antisocial behaviour, but I suspect the local community were able to um, put up a significant argument to convince the planners that there wouldn't be major problems uh, there at all. It's going to be opened on all sides. So effectively, it's just a covering. It's, it's just a covering. The best example, I think, and what I heard referred to was, yeah. it'd be a very smaller version of what's in the Millet Market. In the Millet Market in Limerick City. In Limerick. Yeah. So yeah. a little, a tent. Yeah. It's that type of covering. And it, it, it wouldn't be that high, uh, David. The right. height of it, I think, will, will be reduced. And we say the area where it is, is low. It anyway, is low. I think they're yeah. very conscious just in relation to the view out to uh, Holy Island. Yeah. And, yeah. Because it, that will be very close to where the proposed centre uh, for the island that is, is, is going yeah. to be built. Well, let's look forward to it because Mount Shannon over the next few years will become a significant visitor, place where visitors will be. And this will be another reason maybe for people just when they've done Holy Island to stay around, have a walk around the park, do the maze, um, maybe then uh, stop and have a pizza or up in, uh, in the pub and get a meal. Or whatever. And, and so we'll want to be bringing them back to Tungraney and I'm sure there's other people who will want to be bringing, bringing them to other parts exactly. of the stair. But uh, Pat, uh, the June bank holiday weekend around that period of time, for many a year, Mount Shannon has been a hive of activity with the Arts Festival and they have an announcement this week. Yeah, it's just the entertainment page of the Clare Champion. Uh, and page three and in the living section. Uh, Spillane to headline Mount Shannon Arts. Uh, Cox Singer to perform at Jane Caymans and also hold a songwriting workshop at Festival. Singer songwriter John Spillane has been unveiled as the headline act for the Mount Shannon Arts Festival this summer. With the welcome return of in-person events, the hugely talented Coponian is set to captivate audiences from well beyond East Clare when he performs at Jane Caymans Church. Rooted in people, places and story, John's music transports the listener and his live performances have spread audiences around the world. The award-winning musician, singer, songwriter, performer, recording actor, storyteller, poet, dreamer, William, will perform with the Hollywood Historical Award, will perform within the Historical Awards of the Hinton Trade Church of Ireland on Saturday, June 4th. Well, I'm delighted, Pat, that you had to get a Corkonian up um, to entertain you. Sure, you, you might go and support him. Well, yeah. A lot of more entertainers went down to eat. Haven't we one down there with you at the moment in the Camogie front? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. right. And yeah. isn't he doing wonders for yes. us? Yes. I, exactly. I was in Tanakilty uh, a couple of years back, uh, and, and uh, there was a, a well known pub there, and um, we were walking down the street one night, and you couldn't get into the door because uh, our girl from up in open uh, Dyson was, was playing there. Sharon, um, uh, not Sharon. Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. Yeah, Shannon, yeah. And you couldn't get in the door, but they come. So yeah. we'll, we'll do a swap. So, so we'll do a swap. Indeed, <laughs> very good. Now, we're going to move on. I, and Just before we go, Luke, I'll just say about the Night of the Musicals. Um, 
in there's just a small corner here in the yeah, section. The, la the last night of which would be on tonight. Yeah, these clearing as we said here, it, it, it's on this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. So tonight, if uh, if there's anyone does does as according to the paper here, there's a few tickets available for Sunday night. Okay. So yeah. that that's on So that's the, a, the, a well known a well, well, well publicized right. event now page thirteen in the champion. I'm just going to allude to one thing because Pat, I want to come back to you about there the, we've issues with roads and ditches and drains and stuff like that. But John, did you know that adventure racing is coming to East Clare next month? Well, I was aware of it last year. Was it two years ago? No, I think this is different now. Is it? This is um, you you're being challenged to bike, hike, and paddle around Loch Derg. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Taking place in Killaloo on May 7th, Loch Derg Adventure Challenge is described as the ultimate outdoor event, and teams of two will cycle, hike, and paddle around the lake with options available for different fitness levels and interest. Will we do it, Luke? Uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, well, you can do it yourself, and uh, I'd have best luck to you <laughs> if you want to bring Buddy out with you to do the swimming uh, bit of a David. But uh, there's different uh, races uh, that can take place, and some of them can last up to seven hours long. So uh, we want good endurance for that. But we'll yeah. wish them the best of luck uh, with that. More details on the Loch Derg Adventure Challenge available on Adventure Racing Ireland's uh, website. AdventureRacing.ie and then uh, forward slash Loch Derg Adventure Challenge. Now, yeah. Pat, coming back to our councillors and uh, page eight in the champion. Clare County Council to replace defective road signs. This is on page eight. Clare County Council confirmed the plans to replace a number of defective signs in the Killaloo Municipal District over the coming months. This was announced at the recent Illuminate the district meeting. Prior a request from Councillor Joe Pony, the council carry out itself where more and more signage in the district with a new tradition and supplying new ones where required in the interest of road safety. Leave Mel Senior Executive Engineer Carl, the Killoon Minister District carrying out the signage out of signage survey in 2021 and noted it, it continues to, to monitor and take account of signage damage and deficiencies in the area on an ongoing basis. So I suppose they're, they're, they're going to replace the any damage signed. So we're going to be able to tell the tours where to go. Mm -hmm. Is that it? And I see there as well, uh, Clare County Council has been requested to carry out works by piping an open roadside drain in the interest of safety at Ockram, in uh, Scariff, immediately yeah. north of a local property. Yeah, Peck Brook has highlighted the importance of carrying out this work in, in a recent Kildominist-Logistic meeting. Very it was um, presenting dangerous road hazard for motor vehicles. He was supported by Joe Pony. So an evening acknowledged the open roadside drains are very quick, frequent occurrence along many roads in County Clare. These channels may <coughs> have very important functions of minimising water damage to the carriageways and preventing road flooding in the public road. Roadside channels in, in the specific area were piped in 2021 as part of a road programme. While this section of drain on Dell 4116 is not included in the program of works for 22, it can be for 2022, it can be considered for future works. So Ask, tell me, those kind of drains surely can be filled with stone, thus retaining the, the, the uh, uh, benefit of the drainage. 
But yes. at the same time, removing the danger yes. of cars going, uh, you know, yes, going there's in. A, there's, a, there's a pipe now, John, where you put down a pipe and there's the slits on it. Slits on it, yeah. And you could put that, they could put that into it and, and put the stone over it and the water would go down through the stone and down, down through the rain. And, uh, and tell me, why don't we do that? I don't know. It depends on what it comes we'll be meeting. We'll be meeting the, yeah. Do you know roads that are like that? Well, I know, I know that there is trains that could be done in. Yeah. I suppose the best description we could give for that, that would be an ecumenical matter. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and there's one other ecumenical matter that I'll refer to, yeah. uh, and it's on the sporting side of things. I, I noticed that um, uh, David O'Sullivan uh, and his management team are no longer uh, going to be involved with uh, the Scarif for Gunlaw Camogie team for uh, the coming uh, year. David! I was going to ask you when I read that. Do you do you um, have a feeling uh, that there's something unusual in the fact that the management team of that particular Komogi team, who had their medal presentation and dinner last week, that that management team that is no longer, you know. Uh, Taking responsibility for for that team, that management team wasn't present at the at the medal presentation. Yeah, it, are you a man uh, who know the answer to oh, that? Oh, absolutely now? not. Uh, and uh, I said I know very little about it. But uh, a little bit surprising that you know. I say fair enough if they're not involved. We'll say for the upcoming year these things happen. But you would have thought that they would be there to celebrate, you know, because the management would have been an integral part to the success that the club yeah, had yeah. over the last year. So. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll leave that to the sports line team, but there's a topic, John, that I want to leave to ye, because you've about three or four minutes to talk about an issue Whoa. that is very taxing. Yeah. And uh, Pat O'Brien taxes to about the level of five cents a litre. And it's in page 13 of the champion. There are two articles. Uh, Dan Danner has both of them. And more research needed on abstraction. Uh, independent studies should supplement Irish Waters investigation, says councillor. And we're talking about basically uh, the dubs taking the water out of the lake and bringing it up to Dublin. Yeah. And then IWAI concerned at overall impact of abstraction on the River Shannon. Yeah. Give me your thoughts. Well, my thoughts are, I'm beginning to wonder um, what, in fact, if the Midwest, over the next 20 years, expands population-wise significantly, okay, thus raising the requirement for more water. Is there a possibility that we could transfer water to the eastern part of the country, okay, to satisfy their water shortage needs and thus leave ourselves prone to a water shortage if our towns and villages expand. That would be a question I would want answered. Well, if you look at the county development plan, I'd say they don't want any of our villages expanded, but that's a whole other argument. David? Uh, the, the, the Inland Waterways Association of Ireland, of course, naturally uh, are, are concerned about water levels because of further boating. Yeah. and the amenity value. And I'd, and the other article by Dan Danaher is the councillors saying an independent study should supplement Irish waters. I'd actually agree that the more studies there are, the better informed the decision will be. 
And Irish Water, of course, will, will commission their own reports, but I think it would be useful to have a few other independent studies um, because you don't want to base it, as the point is made there, on historic data. You want yeah. to anticipate, just as you're anticipating, John, what the future might hold. Yeah. But of course, the cl climate, it's very hard to predict future climate and, and the impact that burning turf and all the other things will have on the climate. So, so we, could get, we could have too much water, potentially. Pat, 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah, I suppose, look at um, um, Johnny Flynn is looking for an independent um, research it's, it's uh, the, the abstraction of the water so I, 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 would, I, would, I would back that I think it, 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 there should be a, an independent um, assessment of it I suppose one of the big assessments and this is we've alluded to it before Irish water as it sort of currently stands has no money to do anything mm. very little money to do anything and the government or the people need to sort of decide, right, are we going to change what we're going to do and do it? Because one of the best ways that they could sort of try and reduce the need short term for water uh, to come from East Clare and we'll say that, you know, the East, our general area to go up to Dublin is fix the bloody pipes in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. That would make sense. I think that would be the, the, the first thing that should be done. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think there is, uh, they are fixing, but it's going to take 20, yeah. 30, 40 years. Yeah. Because yeah. for 20, 30, 40 years, we haven't been fixing them. Yeah. Money, 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 Irish water, and that's a politician will run like a, a million miles away. <laughs> but that's one gift, as you mentioned, uh, Luke, and um, IWAI concerned that overall impact on abstraction on the River Shannon, and I think if you read it down, they, they have various worries about uh, the water drop, dropping in the river. That's yes, absolutely. For, and from the, for voting um, and for all types yep. of... Mm, and yeah. But, but so the other state agency then, of course, the ESB, needs enough water to be, not only to run the hydroelectric station or the dam, um, but also to protect the embankments because if yes. the water level drops, the embankments weaken. could weaken. Mm -hmm. So you have two, potentially two state agencies yeah. Um, concerned yeah. in this big question. Indeed, I'm sure what could go wrong. Now listen, the clock has beaten us once again. John S. Kelly, many thank yous. You're welcome. David, many thanks Thank to you, Luke. Uh, Pat O'Brien. Thank you. And, uh, I will just leave you with the note that uh, I hope you all have a very enjoyable Easter weekend and that uh, you have plenty of chocolate to eat. Jim uh, Collins will be back next week. He was uh, off entertaining people this, this uh, Easter weekend. So, uh, Jim, come back soon and you'll be able to try and keep these people all under control. Uh, and, uh, Pat, we're going to finish up with a tune. Well, we'll, we'll go for Kiki Rock with the, another one for the Marquis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you, had, if you had no luck with the huckle book, you're going to spit in me dicky, is that it? The candy, the candy store in the corner. The candy oh. store in the corner, excellent stuff. Right, yo, uh, that's it from local media this week. Until next week, goodbye. store on the corner to the chapel